And we spent a big chunk of the afternoon talking about the green energy bill that passed the Illinois Senate this afternoon with uh, just one vote to spare. 36 votes needed to pass. It got 37. One lawmaker who indicated last week that she would most likely vote yes on it wound up voting present on it instead. Senator Doris Turner, who was with us here this afternoon. Senator, welcome to the program. Thanks for taking the time. Sure. Thanks for the invitation. Apparently some last-minute reservations on this legislation. What happened? I did. You know, this is something that has been consuming all of us for a very long period of time and something that um, I started dealing with during my time on the city council and then as I transitioned to the Senate. And um, the bill really did have the four components that we talked about last week that I wanted to see in the bill, that it protected the environment and provided a pathway for equity um, as we move forward with the new green economy and workforce and a fair and just workforce transition and protecting CWLP ratepayers. But I was just really concerned about all of the different iterations that I kept hearing and seeing with regard to the potential rate increases. Um, so, uh, you know, I just, I just had a lot of reservations about that and thought that um, the more prudent decision would be to vote president. The uh, legislative sponsor, your fellow Democratic Senator, Senator Hastings, today indicated that he, he thought on average the Illinois uh, ratepayer would see an increase of about $3.5 a month. Now, nobody wants to pay even a dollar more on their electric bill, but $3.5 a month seems relatively manageable. Are, are you not trusting his math on this? No, and, and when we when I first, you know, when you and I talked about it last week, that was the number that I was, you know, thinking that it was going to be, and then it... Then it started creeping up from other sources, and then AARP weighed in on it. And then before I knew it, people were talking about that it was going to end up uh, being uh, creeping all the way up to maybe $12. And, um, you know, the other thing that we have to think about is that this, when we talk about the rate increase, this is a um, something that is going to be with us over a period of time. And so we can't just look at where things start. We have to look at where they may end up. The other thing that we had to take into, that I was taking into consideration too, is um, once we do transition to um, 100% renewables, and I know that, again, it's it's a process and we're going to work to that. There's other things that could come into play that may, um, you know, uh, have an impact on on rates as well so it's it's just something that you know i you know and i say this all the time that you know springfield is not just a place that i represent in the legislature it's my hometown and you know and i'm a rate payer and um so i just had to think about it not only for myself but for all um all of the other people that will be impacted by this and it just wasn't just the um residential there's also commercial rates that um, had to be taken into consideration as well. There were a lot of complaints during the uh, debate today on this about the fact that it's just it's such a, a huge bill. There's so much to it, so many moving parts to it. And I know it's been debated for a long time, even before you joined the General Assembly. But is this a problem with the process of just trying to do so much in a single omnibus piece of legislation, making it almost impossible to really fully ascertain the, the real impact of it? You know, I... I I think that all in all, it was a good bill. 
And there were a number of things that you, whenever you have a huge piece of legislation like this, there are things that you have to take into consideration. And there are a lot of moving parts and a lot of moving pieces. But, um, you know, sometimes it's good to, to do things in an omnibus fashion and not try to piecemeal them, them together. The other piece that always happens with omnibus bills like this is there will, in fact, be trader bills that will come along. And I think that that's one thing that we all have to take into consideration is that once we see this roll out, we will have the opportunity to come back and, um, you know, fix those things that may be broken, uh, um, you know, um, buttress up some things that may be working not quite the way that we thought they would. So there's still opportunities for that. But, you know, like I said, there's some things in here that we cannot lose sight of. There's... um, you know, the the uh, Displaced Energy Worker Bill of Rights and uh, the grant programs for uh, children of displaced workers and, um, you know, requirements that state agencies consider qualified energy worker candidates when making hiring decisions and those kinds of things. And that, that was all very important to me because as we transition to this um, green energy, we are going to have workers that are going to be displaced no matter how we go about it, we are going to see that happen. So there are a lot of things in this bill that supports those workers and those individuals. And then there's also some things in here that um, look at consumer protection for low-income residential customers, which is also very important. So there's some good there's some good things in here, and I don't want us to lose sight of that. Um, aside from the uh, environmental impact. So, you know, there's the environmental impact, there's the, the good things that relates to uh, transition for displaced workers. And then there's also other things that deal with um, equity as as we move forward. That was one of the problems that we had with the um, uh, cannabis legislation is that it did not fully address issues around equity. And I think that we learned from that, and this bill does have a lot in here that um, addresses equity uh, as we transition forward. So there, there's a lot of good things in here. But again, I think that we do have to, um, you know, kind of really think about the impact that it's going to have on everyday people and their pocketbooks, as well as businesses. You know, we're, we're trying to, uh, you know, address issues around uh, how the virus has impacted our businesses and how we, you know, kind of move them, move them forward. So we, we just want to, don't want to, I just didn't want to lose sight of that. Senator Doris Turner is here with us this afternoon. And Senator, this is a little bit of inside baseball, but I think maybe it helps to people to kind of understand the, the process as to how bills like this are put together and how they're passed and ultimately signed into law. You know, as we mentioned, uh, this just barely cleared the Senate today. It got uh, quite a few votes in the House last week, but it needed 36 to pass and only got 37 today. So there wasn't a lot of margin for error here. And this is a bill that Senate President Don Harmon has pushed. It's had, uh, you know, a real rocky path to get here and it stalled a couple of times was there a lot of pressure put on you to to go ahead and support this and give a little bit more cushion here did you have to basically get permission to say hey i'm i'm not going to be a yes vote on this because i've got concerns for my constituents how does that work behind the scenes no no i will tell you that i i did not receive any pressure at all and as you know i have really been um kind of sticking to my guns from the minute i stepped into the general assembly in february 
and have been very outspoken, even sometimes in conflict with um, the Senate president and in conflict with some of my other colleagues with regard to this legislation and the impact that it was going to have on CWLP. So, you know, everybody recognized that, you know, I am one of those people that, um, you know, I, I, I have an idea of where I need to be. And, um, but I'm also a person who likes to work towards compromise. And, um, you know, there are just, a couple of things with regard to this legislation that I couldn't compromise on. And, um, you know, that's why I voted president. Uh, you, you mentioned there will inevitably be, be trailer bills for this, that uh, there will be additional legislation to try to refine this and to iron out some of the uh, problem spots in it. Uh, if you were told tomorrow, hey, you get to introduce the first trailer bill to fix anything in this bill that you want, what would it be? What what would you put forward uh, to, to try to address in this? You know, um, I I think that we might, I don't know, that I think some things around um, the transition period we might want to look at. Um, you know, the, the other thing, too, is that there were there are some things that are implied in the legislation. So I think that, you know, maybe some trailer bills would put some of that, some of those things that were implied into um, into written law. Um, I asked a couple of questions during the debate uh, on um, two things that were implied in the legislation, and I wanted to get that legislative intent on record. So, you know, maybe some things like that. City Water Light and Power says it's uh, one of its big lingering concerns here is simply the reliability of the electric grid. As coal-fired plants go offline, they're not entirely convinced that wind or solar or whatever the the next iteration of uh, green renewable technology will be can actually keep pace with the demand. How concerned are you about that, and what are you anticipating the future looks like every time we flip a switch here in Springfield in the next 20, 30 years? You know, I think that that's uh, a consideration that all of us have, um, and it has been part of the conversation from the from the very beginning. And um, you know, and that that also plays into the whole issue around uh, rates and and what that may look like because we have to have a reliable energy source. We do not want to see happen in Springfield or anywhere in Illinois what happened in Texas. You know, all of us want to know when we get up in the, when we flip that switch, we want to see the light come on. When we click the remote, we want to see our TV come on. So I think all of us have those concerns. And uh, it's something that I think that we will be watching very, very, very closely. Um, you know, the, the, the other thing, too, is I, I, um, I just want to say, too, that um, while I've been working through this, uh, I really have to say, uh, you know, a lot of, of kudos and thank yous to Doug Brown at CWLP. He has really been a uh, a, a partner and an open ear uh, with me throughout this process. Um, I'm not an engineer. Uh, I'm not a, I don't, you know, I'm not an expert in, in uh, these types of issues. So I relied on him a lot in terms of answering my questions and making sure that I was reading things correctly and, um, you know, that I could speak with some specificity about the needs and concerns of CWLP. Clearly, we have not heard the last of this. State Senator Doris Turner, we really do appreciate your time this afternoon. Thank you so much, and we'll be in touch soon. Take care. Thank you. Bye.